Starting overseas this morning, in an historic and surprise trip, US President Joe Biden has visited Ukraine, walking the cobble streets of the capital with President Volodymyr Zelensky. Thank you very much for coming, Mr. President. That is a huge moment of supporting the Ukraine. I really appreciate that President Biden, American society, from the very beginning of this tragedy, this full-scale war, from the first day has been together with us. The Ukrainian leader welcoming Mr. Biden overnight. President Biden promised half a billion dollars of military aid for Ukraine and said more sanctions would be announced this week on Russian people and companies. Putin thought Ukraine was weak and the West was divided. He thought he could outlast us. I don't think he's thinking that right now. God knows what he's thinking, but I don't think he's thinking that. But he's just been plain wrong. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. We'll do it. Thank you. U.S. President Joe Biden there. The visit comes as pressure mounts on Europe and the U.S. to increase arms deliveries to Ukraine amid fears of a new Russian offensive. Mark Kansian is a former U.S. Marine Corps colonel and weapons procurement specialist with the Department of Defence and our guest this morning. Welcome. Thanks for having me on the show. How important was it for President Joe Biden to be in Kiev so close to the anniversary of this invasion? Well, having the president go into a war zone is a a huge deal. Uh, I'm sure the Secret Service, which is in charge of his security, is very nervous about it. Usually this is uh, an enormous production. I'm sure it was this time also. But it looks like the fingerprint on the ground is is, uh, pretty minimal. But it shows the depth of commitment that uh, the administration is making to Ukraine, reassures the Ukrainians, the United States will uh, be there uh, with them. And of course, they announced some additional aid. This is the first time a US president has visited the capital of the country at war, where the United States military does not control that critical infrastructure. Can you give us a sense? You just alluded to the fact that it must have must have been quite the production, but just the sense of the scale of the preparation that would have gone into a trip like this. Well, just to give you a sense about a normal presidential trip, um, they will send the presidential uh, limousine, and they probably did that in this case also. Uh, you know, they send a special um, clinic. They have uh, blood for the president. Uh, they have um, uh, watchers, you know, every block. And of course, the president is surrounded uh, by bodyguards. Uh, they have emergency aircraft. They have emergency helicopters. I mean, it's an enormous deal. And they probably had to cut back some on that, um, which, again, make, makes his security detail very nervous because they don't have all the protections and he's in a rather uh, dangerous area. Washington flagged this visit with Moscow before the president's arrival, so there was no risk of an attack on Kiev while he was there. Is it in Russia's interest to ensure the president is safe in Ukraine? I find that really interesting, given the positioning uh, that that it's flagged in this way. Can you explain that to us? Well, they probably made the judgment that it wasn't worth uh, endangering the president and what that might do to U.S. public opinion and U.S. actions. Um, Plus, you know, if they had done something to our president, you know, we might do something to theirs in return. So um, in the past, there's been a, you know, an unstated truce between the U.S. and Russia and the Soviet Union that we would not go after uh, each other's senior officials. 
President Biden promised half a billion dollars of military aid for Ukraine. What's involved in that announcement? Well, he talked about additional ammunition, anti-tank weapons, I think some anti-air weapons. Um, And this is really pretty normal. The United States has been providing about $3 billion a month in military aid, probably $7 billion total. So every week or two, the United States will uh, announce a new aid package. Uh, This package is consistent with what we've sent in the past. Uh, It does not provide anything uh, new, but these Repeated uh, packages, the high level of support that uh, the United States has been providing, along with other allies, um, has been critical. With, without that, Ukrainian resistance would wither in two or three weeks. For the last 12 months, Kiev has had two main demands, more weapons and faster. How difficult is it to get weapons to Ukraine? This issue around delay has been a constant Well, it it depends on what we're sending. Uh, If we're sending things that are don't take any training, can be just handed over to Ukrainians. I mean, they they can be um, handed over within a a week or two. There are bases in Poland where the United States sends this equipment to, and then the Ukrainians pick it up there and put it on their own transport, take it into Ukraine. So weapons like the javelin, which we sent uh, many of, and just the the day to day, you know. uh, ammunition, uh, medical supplies, engineering supplies, uh, trucks. Uh, I think those can be those are delivered to the Ukrainians very quickly. Now, what happens once the Ukrainians get a hold of them? Uh, I've heard complaints that the Ukrainian government is not very quick in getting those out to the frontline troops. You know, that's an internal uh, problem. The other, the other issue, of course, is equipment that needs training. Uh, to take one example, the Patriots, which the United States announced it would provide. Uh, in December, but it takes a long time for crews to get trained up on that. So I think the training just began a couple of weeks ago. It'll probably go three or four months and then we'll send the equipment over there. So yes, there's an announcement in December, uh, January that we're providing uh, Patriots, but it's four or five, six months before the weapon actually shows up. Just finally, the Pentagon has announced a review into its weapons stockpiles. Are there concerns they're being depleted? Well, they are. Uh, And it depends on which kinds of weapons. There are some things on which the United States has uh, an adequate supply, things like trucks, engineer equipment, and even things like small arms, bullets. Um, The United States has a huge uh, domestic civilian uh, industry there. But there are some things that are running short. Um, Artillery ammunition, uh, anti-tank missiles, anti-air missiles, um, um, high Mars. And uh, there's a lot of concern there that the stockpiles are getting low. There's a lot of attention on trying to surge uh, production, uh, but that's going to take time. Uh, To give one example on javelins, we've we've sent about 8,500 javelins to Ukraine. That's probably about 40% of the U.S. stockpile. Before the war, we produced about 1,000 a year. So at that rate, it would take eight years plus to uh, replace the inventory. They're going up to 2,000 a year. and in a couple of years, they're hoping to raise that to 4,000. But you can see that it would be uh, three or four years before the stockpile is rebuilt, assuming that no further uh, javelins are used. Mark, many thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on the show. Mark Kansian is a former U.S. Marine Corps colonel and weapons procurement specialist with the Department of Defence. He's now with the Centre of Strategic and International Studies, and you're listening to ABCRM Breakfast. 
Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app. Me again, podcasters. I hope you're enjoying our coverage of international affairs on RN Brekkie. And if you're looking for more stories that put world events into context, then look for Between the Lines on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.